Amen. Have a seat. Good morning, Hope College. My name is Jennifer, and it is my privilege to introduce to you Mariah Phillips. You've seen her recently with the Gospel Choir, front and center. Um, but in her spare time, she studies social work. She is a junior from Homewood, Illinois. She's an Emmaus scholar, amongst other things. Um, and we've been joking that this time she's going to read the scripture, and next time she'll just preach. So, but we have a word to you this morning from the Lord, and it's from John chapter 4. We're starting at verse 46, and if you want to turn in your pew Bibles, it's on page 865. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had changed the water into wine. Now there is a royal official whose son lay ill in Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said, sir, come down before my little boy dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started on his way. As he was going down, his slaves met him and told him that his child was alive. So he asked them the hour when he began to recover, and they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. The father realized that this was the hour, the very hour, when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he himself believed along with his whole household. Now this was the second sign that Jesus did after coming from Judea to Galilee. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Mariah. You can clap for her. Yes, you can. It says that this was the second sign that Jesus did. And today, in our few minutes, I want to talk about signs because they're important for the gospel and they're important for our life of faith. You may remember, I think I said it last week, that at the end of John's book, chapter 20, John writes, now Jesus did many signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. John invites us as we read this book and actually as we walk in this world to see and to look for the signs of Jesus. Now, I want to be sure if we're sign spotters that we're thinking rightly about signs because I know how you work. I know how it is. There's that one, there's that young man, that young woman, the freshman, the sophomore, the senior, that you've had your eye on since, oh, August. And then there you are. You're in line at Kletz, and lo and behold, there they are, right next to you. And you think, it's a sign. <laughs> it's a sign. We're meant to be together. Could be, could be a sign, or it could not be. It could just be your imagination working overtime. We're not talking about that kind of sign. 
The sign that John talks about, I kind of think of more like as road signs. Like, like if you're on a road trip, right? And the fuel gauge is on E, and then it's really on E. And then you think, I got to start looking for a sign, right? A sign that tells me in my moment of need that, that a gas station is waiting for me in the exit, the next exit, right? One mile down the road, I'll be fine. Road signs are faithful indicators. They point us in the right direction. They tell us what to look for, and oftentimes they tell us when we're there. Similarly, the signs in John's gospel point us to our destination, which is Jesus Christ. John's signs show us not imaginative speculations or wishful thinking. They show us the actual Christ. Jesus, the word made flesh. They show us his identity and his mission. John, in these chapters, in this book of signs, writes about seven signs. Watch for them. Many people say that there's eight signs, and of course the sign of signs being the crucifixion. These signs are like road signs for us as we journey in faith. The signs say to us, here it is, this exit, right? This is life for you. This is where Jesus is. Go in that direction. Now, the healing of the official son that we read about this morning, John says, is the second sign that Jesus did after coming to Judea and Galilee. The first sign that John shares was the one that Paul talked about a few weeks ago at the wedding of Cana. Do you remember that one when Jesus takes the water and turns it into wine? I love how Paul showed us that picture of Jesus laughing. A sign, right? One writer says that the wedding of Cana was a sign that Jesus is the giver of joy. Today's healing story shows that Jesus is the giver of life, even life from the dead. Here's how it happened. A man comes to Jesus. He was kind of a big shot, a big deal. He was a royal official. Some translations call him a nobleman. He was a person in authority. But that doesn't matter. Because in this moment, he comes to Jesus. In his moment of greatest need, he is simply a father. And his son is dying. Word had gotten out about Jesus. He'd been traveling to many places. He'd been teaching, healing, casting out demons. And when the man heard that this miracle-working Jesus was only 20 miles away, he followed the sign. He left home. He left Capernaum. He traveled to Cana, and he found Jesus. And there the official begs Jesus to come down and heal my boy. If you, if you see here, if you notice, Jesus makes this rather harsh statement. He's like, oh, signs and wonders. You won't believe unless you see him. We don't have time to go into it or explore it, but, but we don't want to ignore it because we are those who look for signs, right? Signs help us know which way to go, and we look for them. And at the very least, Jesus reminds us, be careful when you're looking for signs, Signs can mislead us. Signs can be a product of our imagination and not necessarily steer us in the way of truth. This sign 
Right signs show us the Lord. Right signs show us the God revealed to us on the cross. Look for those signs. But this man, this man is not put off. He, he comes to Jesus, and in desperation, he says again, he begs, Sir, come down before my little boy dies. And Jesus, oh, I love verse 50. Jesus looks at him and says simply, Go, your son will live. Here's the part that I love. And the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he started on his way. He believed the word that Jesus spoke, and he went, he went. Psalm 33 says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts, by a word, even from 20 miles, even from 20,000 miles, Jesus brought life to that boy that very hour, that very day. One writer says, for this official, accustomed to the voice of authority, the word of Jesus is enough. He accepts and obeys, leaving to Jesus the sovereign freedom to fulfill his word at his will. His own insistent and urgent cry for help is stilled by a word which shifts the center and takes the control out of his anxious hands and puts it into those of Jesus. And so he turns and he goes and he walks, confident in the word of Jesus. This was the second sign that Jesus did, written down long ago so that you, you, might believe might believe in Jesus as the Son of God and have life in his name. I want to say two last things about this sign. This sign points to an extraordinary claim. One I don't think we can hear enough. It's a sign about life and death. And here's what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his Son, and that Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of his life and death and resurrection, has done for us what no one thought possible. He saved us utterly. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And in doing so, in doing so, he destroyed the power of sin and death and darkness that holds us all. This week I was rereading 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Oh, let that be your homework for today. Because it talks about resurrection. Um, Paul says simply, as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ. The grave could not hold Jesus, nor can it hold us. Jesus is the giver of life, even life from the dead. I know most of you are young, and you probably don't think about death, but I'm old and I do. And I don't want you to think about death, but you will. Even now, you do. And here's the truth. With reasonable uncertainty, it will be upon us, and its name is often cancer, disease, tragedy, illness, and we will know that, and those things will claim those that we love. 
But friends, when that diagnosis comes, it will come. Remember the sign. Jesus' words, go, your son lives. It's the promise that nothing in all the world will separate us from the love of God, that cancer, even cancer, and anything else will never be the last word over our life. The word over us is not death, but resurrection. And we have seen that sign. Friends, when you look around, do you see the signs? I hope you do. Do you see the signs of joy? Do you see the signs of life from death? I gotta tell you, I do. I do all the time. I see the signs of God's saving work in you over and over and over again. When I hear a story of extraordinary pain and difficulty and yet see inexplicably joy, I say, I know. The world does not give joy like that. That can only be from the giver of joy himself. When I see someone who's been walking in the darkness of sin and suddenly find forgiveness and restoration, I know the world does not give that kind of new life. That is the work of the Lord and only of Lord, the giver of life, even life from the dead. Friends, when you see wounds healed, hope from despair, peace even in struggle, we say, oh, that's a sign. There is the Lord. Believe and see, see and believe. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Go in peace.